Welcome to the Mikvah.org podcast. Since 5735-1975, Mikvah.org has been providing tremendous resources for women across the globe in Taras Mishpacha. Now we present to you a podcast specifically for singles, bringing you all the curated topics as you prepare for your future role as a Kara Sabayas. Hi, everybody, and welcome. I'm so excited today to be launching a brand new project. My name is Hasi Rifkin. I'm from Mikvah.org. And today we are having episode one of a brand new project called the Young Woman's Podcast. Now, we had so much discussion, and I'm welcome to hear your feedback. Should we call this the podcast for singles? Should it be for young singles? Should it be for single women? Should it be for single girls, separate girls, etc.? And Today, I happened, Bashka Hapratis, to come across a story, and I feel like, yes, this is the correct um, title. In this story, Basi, um, Rabbi Shmuel Basi Azimov, the head shlachim to France, um, had come to the Rebbitzin for a visit in New York, and on the way out, they noticed a, um, Mrs. Azimov noticed a gift by the door, and she mentioned to the Rebbitzin how, what a beautiful present this was. And the Rebbitzin um, said, you know, these are not the types of gifts that we need. Mrs. Azimov took the opportunity to turn to the Rebbitzin and say, and what are the gifts that the Rebbe and Rebbitzin want from us? And the Rebbitzin said, Shirim Faryungen, classes for the young. So I said, oh, there we go, classes for young women. This is a present to the Rebbe and Rebbitzin that we are specifically having um, these classes for, for girls, for young women, as we navigate the journey of dating and preparing for married life. Now, this didn't just happen in a vacuum. And so I'd like to ask uh, Mrs. Yehudas Blooming, who's a shlucha in Potomac, Maryland, to give a little introduction as to how this podcast came to be, what some of our goals are for this, and how you can get involved. Okay, thank you, Fasi. Um, appreciate it. And thank you so much for your hard work in helping to get mikvah.org onto everything that they're doing and really upping up the game top notch. Um, just a little side note, I'm a shlucha in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. My dear sister-in-law, Sarla Blooming, is at the shlucha in Potomac, Maryland. She's amazing. Um, my great role model. Um, so we're very honored to be able to start this new uh, initiative with these podcast series for young women, girls, whatever you want to call it, post-seminary, seminary, and beyond, et cetera. Um, you know, everything in life, we always want to do right. And especially Tyra has so much depth and knowledge to share with us, for us. And when it comes to something so pivotal in our life as marriage, um, we want to make sure that we get it right. And we want to be able to learn from all of the sources and the Rebbe's views and obviously Tyra's views and how we can navigate this journey to do it as best as possible, especially when we're bringing the Shekhinah down um, and as something, you know, with something so great like marriage, we really want to be able to, to do this properly. So I'm really honored to be able to um, get, you know, get this brain started together with Chasi uh, and Mikvah.org, um, you know, together. Uh, it was inspired by my mother, who, Rachel Heber, who's Rachel Abbas Yisrael Shimon. She was a shatran for the larger Chabad community. I grew up in a home where the phone was always ringing from the morning to the night, literally. 
Um, this was pre-cell phone days and pre-WhatsApping and texting. Um, people would call from Australia and from Israel and they never re really knew the time zones. Um, and she was really there for them, coaching along Bahram and girls and really helping them get to the next stage in their, in their married life. Um, Kanaya Nahara, poo, 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 she made hundreds of Shaduchim children, grandchildren that are here today, you know, within, within the Chabad community. So it's really thanks to her um, inspiration that this is able to get, um, you know, kicked off. Um, we're very excited to have with us also Rachel Duchman, which Chasi, you'll give your intro. We're so honored to have her join us and every single week we'll be able to have another presenter. Um, the goal is that obviously this is uh, for every single one of you personally. So if there's any questions to feel comfortable and free to be able to ask it through the chats and Chasi will give us more information how to do that. But we're very honored. And if there's any um, thoughts that you have, this is being the first class that we're initiating. If there's any um, thing, questions, concerns, um, things that you have that we can grow in, that's obviously the goal. And hopefully this will bring a lot of nachas to the Rebbe and the Rebbesin. What an auspicious time to kick it off before Chafeshva. So with that, Chasi, thank you so much. And um, let's let's take it away. Okay, thank you. Yes, okay. Um, and uh, sorry for the uh, wrong location there. Um, okay, so a couple of things I'd like to just point out technically wise. We're, this is the live um, session with Rachel Duchman, who is a, a coach and um, in California, based in California. She helps boys and girls young men, young women around the world um, work through the process of dating and other areas of life. And she'll discuss a little bit more about what she does, how it's helpful and other questions that we had for her. Um, if you have a question, please put it in the chat box. We will address it at the end of the session. That is the bonus for attending live and not just listening to a podcast that you get to make sure that your questions are answered. I want to just let you know that the podcast is live on Spotify, on Apple, on Google. Um, if you have a specific other podcast uh, platform that you want to see it on, you can drop me a line and let me know, podcast at mikvah.org. Um, as we post each podcast, I will also link there a question form. If you have any specific questions that you want to address in this series, please leave it there and we will work it in with our presenters. This is the pilot episode, but we already have the next eight planned. So mark your calendars every Tuesday at from eight to nine for, um, for this exciting initiative. And so now without any further ado, I'd like to call up Rachel. Thank you. Um, Rachel, if you could just unmute yourself. And we are so excited to have you here today. And so let's jump right into all these um, amazing things. If you could just begin with series, a little introduction, please. If you could just begin with a introduction of you know, who you are and um, a little bit more about what you do. Actually, first of all, hi everybody and thank you so much for having me. Um, to me, I feel like it's a very special to be here. Um, I would like to take a moment right now because I feel like um, I want to and I must. Um, I would like to dedicate tonight's class, my personal dedication to um, Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional to my dear uncle, Tzvi uh, Moshe Lasker, who just passed away today. He happens to be my mother's brother, a very, very sweet, special man. And so to my whole family, to all the Laskers and all the Hechts, I just want to wish you 
my condolences and I want to say that this is for all these people that are all the girls and young women that are here and joining and participating in this. It should be a schus for your fam for our family to only know of some chus. Okay, thank you for that. Um, okay, a little bit about myself. Um, I think that I rather just really jump into the questions and answers. I am based out of Los Angeles, but you know, I speak to young men and women, parents of the young men and women all over the world. Baruch Hashem, I have this trust have, have uh, reached out that way in many, many different areas. And I'm constantly gaining knowledge and learning from my clients and learning from the people that I have this trust to deal with and work with. And I, all my experiences that I have, I always try to share and pass forward. Um, as many of you may know, I do give a three part a series which I've worked extremely hard on called the road to eternal joy and um, which is yeah it takes it takes all it takes um, the whole thing of dating and everything and it kind of puts some makes some sense to it and puts it into a seder masudar so that it could most be most helpful for all the young men and women that that participate in it. Tonight, hopefully, through the questions and answers, of course, we're talking about something that's a, a number of hours long. We're going to try to do our best that through your questions, you will actually get sort of like a, um, a little small in, infusion of what many of the, that is all about. And hopefully, you'll go away with a lot of more tools in your toolbox and to be able to move forward and to go just take on the dating scene very, very clear in front of your eyes. Anyone who would like to be part of that, anyone who could use some personal coaching, I'm sure they'll give you my email address and my WhatsApp phone number at the end and or my website, and I would love to be working with you. All right, thank you so much, Rachel. Okay, so that was a pretty clear explanation on what you do. You know, the title for this class was Dating with Confidence, Clarity, and Purpose, Your Life, Your Journey, Your Coach. Um, so I guess jumping right in, since you did explain already what, what it is that you do, I'm going to ask the next question, which is if I have a mashpia and, and, or I have a really good communication with my mother or my parents, isn't that enough? What would be the benefit of a coach in the dating process? Okay. I just want to add a little bit to the first question because, um, I just want to share that actually the way I got involved in this whole thing altogether was because it was about probably about nine and a half years ago. And my youngest of my six daughters, Baruch Hashem, became a Kala. And I was so thrilled and so excited. And I had this huge Hakar Satov to the Yevishta because every single one of my daughters, it was either the first boy they went out with or the second boy they went out with. And I said, I realized that this was something super special. I didn't take it for granted. I wanted to show my Hakar Satov to the Yevishta. I said, you know what? I'm going to help people with Shaduchim. And really right there and then, before my daughter got married, even during all the crazy busyness, I helped someone make a Shaduch. And I'm like, whoo, this is a piece of cake. It's so easy. I'm going to just keep doing it. Okay, reality did set in. But I was so driven that I decided I'm going to keep going. But then I thought, let me see another way where I could really help people, okay? So we know knowledge is power. So by bringing knowledge and, 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 and clarity, because many, many times I have young parents 
young girls and boys, sometimes older. I had one time a mother who already married off seven children. She said, now is Hakita Bays. And like, she's all of a sudden saying, I don't even know where to begin from here, even though I've already married so many children. So we put together this thing and we, and this way, okay, so if I have a mashpia and I, my mother, I have a good communication, why do I need a coach? Okay, so let me take that apart and answer that in two parts. Let me first talk about your mom. Okay. It's extremely, extremely important. One of the things we say through the whole um, idea of, of dating in this whole parsha is how important it is to have really good communication with your parents, with your mom, or whoever it is that's, that's helping you out during going down this road. And even to the degree that many times the, the communication really is best if it starts even way before you're ready for a shidduch, right? So that I remember I once went to go speak to a 12th grade class. And when am I coming to talk to them about shidduchim? Absolutely not. I was talking to them about communication because the earlier you start and you have a good communication with your parent, the better off you will be at the time when it comes that now we need to talk about shidduchim. Okay, so you know what? Truthfully told, many, many people can be married, engaged and married without using a dating coach, right? I have seven children, Baruch Hashem, they all did it without a coach. So why the importance, what's the essence of a coach here right now? It seems to be that it's something that's, you know, like the, the call of the hour sort of. It's the time sensitive thing that is that really seems to be helping a lot of girls and parents and young men um, at this time. And what is the whole idea of a coach? When you when when a coach, when you're gonna come and make a phone call to a coach, one of the first things the coach is gonna ask you is the following. Where are you standing right now? And where is it that you'd like to be? Now let's see what's going on here. What's stopping you from getting there? What's getting in your way from reaching your goal? So of course, when we're talking about Chaduchim, we're saying, I am here, I'm a, a young woman and I'm on the Shidduch scene. And what's my goal? Of course, I want to become a Kala. I want to set my wedding date. I want to go on with the next part of my life. Okay. So the coach's job is the person who's going to be kind of like your cheerleader. The coach is the person who's going to help you get what it is that you want. With all the best intentions of parents, sometimes what a parent wants for us is maybe a little different than what we want. And sometimes also because the parent is an Ogeya Badavar, she's so, so close to you, she's involved, of course, she only wants the best for you. But sometimes part of your needs or what it is that you really, really want deep inside can get a little bit lost. So the coach is going to be your, like your cheerleader and going to help you do through many different avenues, get to that place where you want for the things and the person that you want. And one last thing is, you know, you're here with your mom and the, and your, and, and, and your family, the coach is kind of like, like she's standing on the, on the balcony of the second floor. And there are certain things that perhaps you and even your parents really don't see so clearly for whatever reasons. So the coach is the person that can come in and help bring, shed some light and help you see that. And now I'm going to go to the part of the mashpia. So that's on the part of the mother's side. From the mashpia side, I'm really happy that you're bringing this up in a question because I've actually had numerous experiences with this. And in my eyes, a mashpia is 
amazing, the ultimate. It's what the Rebbe put in place. It's what we all, you know, need and really guides us. There are times and moments that I actually got calls from girls that told me, my mashpia told me to call you. And I'm like, really? Here's the thing. Unless a mashpia is really, really um, very, very well versed and has a lot of experience with the dating scene, many times that's not necessarily where their strength is. Okay. So the fact that the mashpia told the girls to come and talk, call me, I was like blown away and I thought that's unbelievable because you know what? There are many times while I am coaching a girl, I will tell them, you know, for this question that we just shared, you should really talk to your mashpia. So the reason why, what does a coach add more? She has the experience. She has dealing with this on a daily basis, many times over. And for the situation that's at hand, for the question what's coming up for this girl, most probably a dating coach, like I said, unless that mashpia was also involved in the dating scene, will be able to help her through this part, what she's in right now. And then, like I said, of course, I'm also the first one to many times say, you know what, sweetheart, that this question, I think you need to ask your mashpia. So when we all work together, ultimately that's the best. And then we can come out that where everyone wins. Okay, thank you, Rachel. All right, so our next question, um, you know, we talk about our parents and being on the same page as our parents. So what happens if we are not on the same page as our parents? How can we communicate with our parents about what we actually want in the Shadow? So I will say, as I, as I uh, said before, the, during the process of the dating and the engagement and everything, Probably the one most important key is to have good communication, okay? That's definitely, and we also know that this whole parsha, so to say, what needs to be in front of our eyes all the time, what is guiding us on a moment to moment, on a day to day, is truly in the end of the day, emuna and bitachon, okay? Because as much as we want what's best, my mother, my aunt, my grandmother, the shatrin, my coach my mashpia, we know that it's the Abish's hand that's guiding us and sending us in the right direction and so on and so forth. So, for example, I once had this where a young boy was going to be going out with this girl and this boy was a boy who was 100% his whole goal in his life was going on shlichus. He was actually already had his designated shlichus and of course the mother of the boy told the shatchin from the beginning, you know, my son, he's going on shlichus, this is what it is and he he's already has a shlichus and so on and so forth. And it's the it's hours before the date. And this was the boy had to travel and the girl had to travel. So it was organized maybe a week or so before. And now it's coming literally within within the day of the date. And all of a sudden, the mother of the boy gets a phone call and says, um, from the Shatrin, tell your son he shouldn't say anything about Shlichos. And it's like, wait a minute, what? And the mother of the boy called me like almost in a panic, Rachel, this just happened now. I just got a phone call. What am I supposed to do? As I said, it was already way too far along. It was, it was too close to the time of the date and there wasn't really much that she can do. But here's what's happened. 
So her son went out with the girl. He didn't say anything about, about Shlichus, the first date, and he's going on the second time, and now he's starting to talk about it. And the girl turns around to the boy and she says, what, Shlichus? My mother wants Shlichus, I don't want Shlichus. So what did we just do here? What did we just do here? And now in this situation, I'm pretty sure the mother actually knew that, okay? She wanted something more and something a little different for her daughter, but she was money wasted, time wasted, kachas wasted. The boy was already kind of, you know, thinking there's something there that may be potential for a future. So therefore, through many of the things that we discuss, will help give the girl the courage. And it's so, so important because in the end of the day, you want to make, you want to know what's going to be right for everybody. And for you to just be silent and be quiet when something comes up and it's not what you're looking for, dear girls, it's not going to end good. It's just going to be you wasting your time, you're wasting the young man's time. And what could come, what could, could come out of that? Whereas if you're really honest, and even if it's a little bit different than what us as parents perhaps would want for our child, by us being honest, we set up a much better chance that we set our children up for success. And that's, I think, what we want ultimately. Okay, thank you. So um, the next question, I'm actually gonna interject with a question from, from our audience here uh, before we move on to further questions. And um, here's an interesting one. I'm 20 years old and I'm not running to get married, not for a specific reason, but because I don't feel like I'm there yet. Is that okay? Or is it like obligatory to be working on dating from day one once you reach that age? Okay, good question. I'm just gonna repeat because I wanna make sure I understand the question. Basically she's saying, does it mean from the day you walk out of seminary, you have to be kaching zech or being involved in shaduchim, even if you don't feel you're ready? Is that the question? Right, yes. Okay, so to be honest with you, I'm going to say that, it, it no, you don't need to be involved in Shaduchim right away if you're really, really truthfully feeling like you're not ready. For example, I know I had one of my daughters came home from seminary and she had something in her mind um, and she knew where she had direction and she had a goal and she said, Ma, I'm not ready to date. I'm, I want to go. I accepted a job to go work for a shleach for a year and I'm not ready for dating. So please, you know, I'm going to go and I took the shop and I'm going to work. Meaning if you have a direction and you have a goal and you have something that you want to do, you may be only 19 or 20. You're saying now you're 20. Okay. So no, if you're not ready, then take the time that you need to get ready. But sometimes what happens is because the girl is perhaps afraid to tell her mother what it is that she really wants or to be like totally open and, you know, coming forth of what it is, she uses it as an excuse to hide behind that. If that was your reason, then I would say, Mama La, let's talk about it. Let's see what's coming up for you. What is bothering you? How can we, okay? But if you genuinely just feel like I'm just so, I'm not ready, I have, I do have a goal, I have something that I want to do, I'm pursuing this or I'm pursuing that, kalakavo to you. And as a parent, we know that there's no pressure, perhaps somewhere, even a few months down the road, even though our daughters or our sons told us that, if something really comes our way, we might represent it to our daughter and 
then she might feel she's in a different place, you know, maybe this was in September and now it's February and she is actually ready to listen to something or maybe I wasn't ready. Many times it happens like ready or not, here I come. You're not necessarily ready, but something so good presents itself. So you sit down and you communicate and you talk about it. Let's see, this is coming now. He's really a great guy. These are the things, oh, this is so important to you. And he has this and he has this and he has this. Maybe we should consider it. And as long as you have good communication, you'll come to the right answer. With Hashem in the picture, of course. Um, okay, so our next... and Bitachon, right in the front. Of course, Hashem is guiding every single step we take. A lot of my, my thoughts were, you know, yes, don't go into something you're not ready for, but sometimes when a shit up comes your way, sometimes we need to like, say, okay, you know, if this is coming my way, maybe this is, a, 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 so to speak, something we Exactly. That's why I said sometimes we say, ready or not, here I come, because something comes our way, we weren't ready for it, but let's look at it. Right. Okay, so what if my whole life, I always had images of a type of boy I would want to end up with, but now the suggestions I'm getting look and feel so different. Should I listen? And if I listen, will I be cheated of something I always wanted? This is a very, very good question. And it's something that I discuss very often and at length with within my classes with the girls. You know, it's very, very normal and very, very natural, especially for girls from when we're a little girl to dream about what our future life will be, what kind of a wedding gown we're going to wear, what our future husband will look like, what our home will look like. You know, we play house. Okay, on many different levels. And then, of course, with our age, as we get older and older, there's still some of that that exists, but of course, it matures into another level. I always beg all the girls and the boys to keep an open mind. You know, we have to start somewhere. All your mashpia or your teachers in your school and seminary will say, make a list, right? Write down the 10 most important things in the order of their importance. Some will say, if you get the first five, be happy. I tell them, if you get the first three on your list, jump up and down and say, thank you, Hashem, sing thank you, Hashem, and move on and feel that you really, really were lucky and forget about it. And then I say, be open-minded, be prepared. Something just might come completely from a different place. Something that looks actually, really, just so different than what that those images or those thoughts that you always had in your mind. Be open to it. Don't just right away say, nah, forget it. He's not, uh, he didn't come from this and this place or he's not like that, so it's not for me. Listen, here. No one's going to force you to go out with this guy. And definitely no one's going to force you to marry this guy. But we just want you to keep your mind open. Oh, I never thought I would get, I would be going out with a boy that, however you want to fill in that blank. But this sounds so interesting. And when we're going to be, you know, one of the most important things that the Rebbe tells us, like to guide us, is when you're looking for a shidduch, it's so important, number one, to look for the good in the other person. So whether it's the parents looking into a resume, whether it's the by the time you bring it to your daughter or to the girls, you girls, or to the boys or whatever, the Rebbe clearly tells us time and time again in many different languages, many different you know ways that always look with a good eye. Find the first thing is look for the good in the other person. 
hear about his, oh, you know, this guy, oh, I just heard something negative. I don't want to hear the negative. Tell me what's good about, why should I go out with this boy? What's special about him? Tell me about his midos. Tell me about his menschlichkeit. Tell me about what's important to him. The rabbi always says, and in coaching, this is like, of course, everything is comes based from Hasidus and from what our rabbi teaches us. But it's when you start with your mind when you put good thoughts into your mind automatically it's going to help you be able to feel good and anything that comes after that you will be looking at with much kinder eyes so even this name that just came up that sounds so different than what you were ever expecting but you're hearing the good about this boy and you are actually open yourself up to listen to it that's incredible because you might just like it and no, you're not going to miss out on something because if not, you won't go for that. Okay, you're not going to be cheated of anything. On the Adaraba, you might find that there are certain mindless there that are beyond amazing that you didn't even count on that you would get. And they came along with these other things. The formula or the exact, you know, thing of this boy may not be exactly what you thought it would be. But what you're going to find out and what you're going to learn, you're really going to like. And you're going to be so happy that you didn't close off your mind and say, oh, it's not what's on my list. I can't listen to this. And you'll be thankful for whoever brought that your way. Okay, so thank you. Well, we have so many questions. And I want to just point out that so many of the questions that are coming in are actually so similar. So I feel like everyone feels like I'm the only one with this question. I have so many questions that are so similar. So we're you're all we're all in the same boat we're all coming up with the same um thoughts here so next question how can i know that i'm not thinking through the eyes of what other people are think will think how do i know that i'm making the choice because of what's right for me and i'm not just saying no because this person or that person or my image isn't good for going out with this type of boy how do i ensure that the person i'm going out with or, or the choices i'm making really are a reflection of me and my needs and my neshama and what i need When you go out with a boy, when you decide and you make that choice to go out with a boy, you have to clear your mind of everything else and you have to be very present, okay? And you're going to go through the process while you're present with this boy. Don't think about a boy that you went out before. Maybe it's the first one. You don't have to do that. Don't think about what is the boy thinking? How is he feeling? And I'll explain that a little bit more. Be very present. And because of the communication that you had with your mom, because of certain questions that you asked yourself, because you did sit down and make that list, which is a starting point for all of us, you have an idea of what it is that you want. And you need to keep that in front of your eyes. Sometimes something that was on your list, you'll realize it's not, it's okay. I, I, you know, but here's the thing, what I always say, when you're dating, honestly, I don't like the word selfish. So I'm not going to say that, but especially at the beginning, when you're dating, you have to think about yourself. Because in the end of the day, that's what's going to work out best with the two of you. Right at the beginning, when you go out there to date, don't worry. You know, like I've had someone say it's uh, on, the, on, the, on the second date that they, were, they, 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 they didn't want to go out again. Why? Well, they were worried that maybe, um, the, maybe they're going to be misleading the boy because he 
maybe he thinks that they're, you know, they're onto it, but they're really not, right? So I would say, you don't have to worry at all about what he's thinking. The same thing. I once had a girl call me and she started telling me all about this boy and he's not as tall as I thought he would be and he's not this, but he's really a nice guy and he's going on and on. And at one point I stopped and I said, wait a minute, let me ask you something, Esty. Are you concerned about that? Or are you worried that your friends are going to be concerned about that? And after being there for her and with her and discussing many of the things after hearing what is it that you do like about him? What are some of the good things that you see in him? She laughed out loud and said, you're so right. It's I'm scared that I'm going to, I said, you know what? If it's not that, like you, like um, Hasid just said, it's not that image that you thought you're going to show to your friends, but the guy that you're present with now, you really like him and you really like what he brings to the table and what he's all about. You know what? It's going to be two minutes that the image for your friends and it's going to be your entire life. So which is more important? Thank you. Okay. So, you know, a point you mentioned before is that we should look with an eye and taiva when we're looking at, you know, people for Shaduchim. So this question came in, you know, it's very nice to say we should always look for the good and the suggestions that come our way. But the unfortunate reality is that sometimes boys who really aren't healthy are looking for wives too. So if we're only going to be having an eye in Taiva, we might be leading ourselves into a very miserable marriage. How do we keep an open mind, look at the eye in Taiva, and still keep ourselves safe? Okay. Of course, every single young man and young woman in every single situation is different, right? There are no two that are the same. There are no two. Once, you know, if you went out with one boy, now you're going out with a different boy. The whole combination is completely different. So what I'm saying is, what the Rebbe says, it's not my words, it's the Rebbe's words, where the Rebbe says, look first for the good. The other things that you have to find out, you will find out, okay? You will do that research. But when you start off first looking at the good, you're coming into it with positivity. Whatever is going to come, maybe it's a small chasaran that's not a big deal the rebbe says secondary and secondary of secondary will will go, sometimes either it'll it'll just disappear something that you thought was bad not only that the rebbe goes to the next point and the rebbe says sometimes something that you thought was a chasaran in the end will be a maila so of course we're not talking about chas v'shalom if a name is brought to you your parents will do some of that homework but first they should listen to the good about this boy that will start them off that their ears are now a little bit smiling on their face they they have a positive attitude whatever they're gonna have to find out and we also know this that no matter if you research do it for five minutes five days five hours five months whatever we're not supposed to find out we will not find out but of course it's the obligation for the father and the mother to actually you know look at the boy all i'm saying is not i'm not telling you don't pay attention if there's something serious there okay what i'm saying is as the rebbe says look first at the good so you're you're making your platform you're making your 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 um you know the beginning of it you're letting it stand on a on a on a good platform, you know, the the foundation is positive. You're not starting out with, with oh yeah, I heard his sister, um, uh, whatever, this and this happened. Or you know, his grandmother's um, niece had uh, this situation. What, what, what does that have to do with this boy? And if it's something about the boy, first tell me the good about him. 
Okay, then you're going to hear the other things. And many times in life, what happens is I thought it to say at the beginning, it's a time that you have to think about yourself. Is this right for me? Is this what will make sometimes like a girl once said to me, my strengths complemented his weaknesses and his strengths complemented my weaknesses. That's amazing. Well, you will find you have to think first, is this good for me? It doesn't mean being selfish. It's meaning when you're coming into this relationship, you have to first see it doesn't matter what he's thinking or what he's saying. I have to worry, is this good or right for me? The day will come during a later part in the dating where you'll see how does he think, how do you think, and it comes to it has to come together. But at the beginning, when you're just starting out, it's not about that. It's you have to see first for yourself. Does he, is this about what works for me, what I need to be a good, healthy, to bring out the best of me that, you know, that I'll be able to be who I really truly am. Thank you, Rachel. We have so many questions. I think we'll end up being here. We could end up being here for hours, but we're not. We're going to stick to our time frame. So let me, um, if I skip a question, maybe we'll come back to it in a different episode and, uh, with a different speaker. Um, but I will keep track of all the questions that are here. So thank you all for continuing to post them. We will address them as with Um, Our next question is, how can, how do I address a no? What would be the correct way to handle a no from a buffer? Whether it's somebody that I was excited about before our dating or even during our dates, I want to continue and he doesn't. What would be the best way to handle this rejection? First of all, let me validate that if a girl was going out whatever amount of times and I didn't get a chance yet to explain that I don't look at numbers of dates, but I take the whole dating scene and I divide it into different stages of dating. But obviously it's been, she's probably very much in already into maybe in very far part of uh, stage two or the beginning of stage three. And she, it looks like to her, everything was wonderful and going good. So let me just say that the pain is real. Okay. And you might need to actually sit with that pain for a little bit at the same time you should be saying thank you Hashem thank you thank you that the boy had clarity that this was not right for him okay because ultimately if it's not right for him it's not right for you so it's hard that's why I'm saying I get it it's painful sometimes this will pass Okay, and the Mirza Hashem, when the right one comes, you'll understand even more clear. It'll become crystal clear to you why you thought he was the right one for you. And thank God that Hashem gave him the wisdom to realize that, you know, that it wasn't right. And then you'll come to the place that it'll be right for both of you. And you'll have the clarity then. It may not be now, but just know deep inside Hashem is is guiding your way. Everything happens with a reason. And hopefully you'll you'll come to that realization. But the fact that it's painful, that's true. It's real. And and I and and I feel for you. And now let's move forward. Okay, thank you. So now you know we're dating and either it's going well or not. Is there anything wrong with sharing my dating experiences with my friends? Does it matter if I share the name with them or if I just keep it anonymous? You know, guys, it's hard enough dating one girl. Could you imagine if this if this boy is dating a whole group of girls, your whole apartment or your whole, you know, 
honestly, and I've, 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 I've played this back and forth and back and forth so many times. I don't think anything good can come out of sharing your date with your friends. Now, I do say sometimes, depending on the individual, you know, as girls, Hashem gives us a lot of powers of speech. Sometimes we just need to be able to. So if it's not your mother that you could talk it over with, or if it's not your mashpia or your coach, and you want to have just, you know, you, you need someone to confide in from your friend, so to say, I will say to girls, choose one girl and make sure that she's a, two, a true friend and that you really she'll keep what you're telling her, you know, just between you and her. So I will often say that, but to talk about in general, it, it creates so many problems. Number one, it's a very private, personal time when you're trying to figure out, am I and this young man meant to be for each other? Are we the two parts of one soul? And when you, when you don't give it the right respect and you don't give it the right um, attention, often it could lead to things that are not what your goal is. So that's one side. Another thing is what I have found from talking to so many young women and men, a girl may come home and say, oh, this guy went out with him. He's so like this, he's so like that. Maybe your roommate is the one that's really meant to be for this boy. But now, if she heard how you talked about him, she may not ever, she just may not want to go out with him. So I always encourage, it's okay that the boy is not for you. Just come home and say, he's a nice guy. It's not for me. To share this and that, I know, I remember also one young man and he goes, uh, this and this name came up to him and he said, ah, oh, I don't want to go out with her. She's so boring. My friends tell me she's so boring. Maybe she was boring because she didn't like the boy. So she just, you know, even though I always encourage, be nice. Be balabatish, even if you know for sure it's not going to happen, just be present and nice till the end of the day because you never know. Maybe this boy will go off and his mother will say, oh, she's such a nice girl. It just wasn't right for my son. How about for your son? Or instead of saying, you know, she was so horrible. She was just so rude and whatever. And you, you don't want that to happen. We need to have all our merits and all our good, you know, to stand up for us. So honestly, two parts. Number one, you don't want to ruin it for somebody else. Or actually, number one is for you. This time that you are dating a young man, it really is almost like an intimate time to see if you two are the ones that are meant for each other. And when it becomes public knowledge, not to, nothing to do with Yiddishkeit and religion, it isn't even about that right now that I'm talking. It's just about, you need to keep it sacred. If this is real and you want to see, is this my life partner for the rest of my life? Then realize that by sharing it loosely with your friends and talking about it, it takes away from that sacredness and it takes away from you being able to be so present and focused because your friend is making a comment just like this, but it may have given you the whole idea that you thought everything was going well and you really like this guy and suddenly you're like, oh my goodness, should I go out with him again? Look what she just said. So you want to, don't want to do that to yourself. Okay, so with, you know, talk about this being such a sacred time, I have, um, what happens if you're living in an apartment with other girls and you're dating? How do you keep this kind of private? Like what, what parts are really important to keep sacred? Like you said, maybe the name of the boy or your personal experiences and what, what's okay for them to know and, uh, and how, what would be some tips from you on how to keep it private? 
So honestly, it would be very difficult for me to say this. This is the girls living the apartment. But all I'm saying is, if you have to say anything, you just say I'm dating, period. I don't think any part of the dating thing should be shared in general with your apartment friends. You know, like I said, if you feel you really, really, really are plotting and you need to have a friend that you could share, choose one very discreet friend that you know will be there for you like that and will not go blabbering it over to other people. Or else use your mashpia, use your mom, use your coach. They'll actually have answers for you. They'll help you get your questions answers. And your friends just will be there as a support system. That's special and that's important. If you want to be able to actually really move forward, whether to know should I continue, should I not, that's really better to put the question to the right person so you could get the right answer. What would be considered um, information that might be too personal to share in the first stage, but important to share in the later stage? I guess you touched briefly on having you know stages versus the amount of dates. So maybe you could touch briefly on you know what what to talk about during these different stages. Okay. So I interestingly part of what I share and tell the girls is the stage one is just that and sometimes stage one might be one date, stage one might be two or three dates, four dates, one date, it, it depends on the person. It's the time when you're sort of, it's just kind of an audition to see if you wanna go out with this guy again, okay? Nothing more. Keep it completely parive. Don't talk about anything personal. You could talk about things in general, talk about your experience in camp, talk about, your, your job or something, but don't make it personal at all. And one girl after one of the classes called me and said, you know, I really love what she was like 24 years old. And she said, I really love what you said, but um, what do I do? The boys get personal right away. You know, I, I hear you and I agree with that. I don't feel comfortable when they get personal. What do I do? So I said, you know what? You have two choices. Number one, you could say is that's a great question you just asked. Could we discuss it a little later on in the dating? And one girl goes, well, what happens if you don't get a little later on? I'm like, that's exactly my point. You didn't have to discuss anything like that with that boy. And, or I said, so, so either you say, let's talk about it a little later. I said, what's going to happen? The boy either is going to look like, um, okay, he'll respect it. He'll move on to a, not something else. Or you could even, I said, blame it on me. Tell them you took my course. And the lady who gave the course said, we're not allowed to talk about personal yet. So we need to save it for a little later. But the first stage is things just to talk. And then as you move along, during the second stage, the thing that I say most is you must keep it only about the good about yourself. And you only want to hear the positive and the good about this young man. Little by little, as you're feeling that perhaps there's something that has a potential to grow, you get a little bit more. And it's extremely important. It's so hard. And it's, and it's you know, really not an easy thing. But at a stage, you do need to become a little bit vulnerable, a little bit at a time. That's the only way you're each going to really, really communicate. Okay. If you're seeing that this has some potential to grow and you're continuing on and you're having conversation, it may mean you become a little vulnerable, but a little at a time. And you never need to talk about spilling your gut about any very you did in your whole life. Totally not necessary ever. The only thing later on 
we say in the third stage, when you're going to get to the part where perhaps you'll bring up some of your weaknesses, only something that's coming along with you to your marriage do you need to share. If it has nothing to do with your future, with your present and your future, there's no reason to share it. Okay, thank you. So, um, all right, I think the next question we covered here already, but how do I know if I'm saying no for the wrong reasons? We went out twice, I don't feel anything yet. I'm being told to continue dating, but I feel that I should just say no because I don't wanna be misleading him to think that I'm really interested and ready to move forward. Let me share with you a little story. Okay, a 27 year old girl, she happens to be related to me. And um, she was, uh, this name came up. So number one, all of her friends, all of her friends said, do not go out with that boy. He's not for you. That's number one, talking about how we discuss things in, a, in, a, in an apartment together or living together. Of course, her, her friends all meant the best for her. But okay, so don't go out with the boy. For whatever reason, she gets in her head, you know what? I'm going out with him. Okay, she goes out with him. She goes out once. It was okay. She goes out a second time. This time her mother says, so how did it go? She says to her mom, yeah, it went okay, but I'm not going to go out again. She says, okay. Um, how sure are you? I, I, he's not for me, and I don't want to mislead him, and he's probably, you know, I, he's not how sure are you that he's not for you? Are you 100% sure that he's not for you? The mother asked her. She says, I'm 99% sure. Now, I want to tell you something. Had one of my six daughters said to me, I'm 99% sure, sure that it's not for me, I have to be made that I probably would have said, okay, forget it, and I would have moved on. This mother was way brighter than I am, way smarter than I am. So she says, now, let me ask you another question. Did you have fun? Did you have a good time? And the girl stops and she thinks, you know, actually the last guys she dated, one or two, were painfully either boring or difficult to get it through. When the mother asks her, did you have a good time? She actually has to admit, yeah, I did have a good time. Yeah, it was very, yeah. You know, but I, I, I could see he's already, and, and the mother goes, if you had a good time and you're, nine, you're only 99% sure, you're not 100% sure, why don't you go out again? P.S. They're married by Rosh Hashem. They have two gorgeous little girls and they have the most incredible relationship. Thank God for the, for the wisdom and the, you know, and the drive of the mother to realize and to explain to this girl, you don't have to worry about what he, where he's at. If he isn't into, in, into it and he's interested, if he's not, you have to figure out first where you're at. And if you don't know yet, one of my quotes that I say, when in doubt, go out. If you're not sure, just go on another date. You know, by the way, the Rebbe clearly says, take whatever time you need during the dating period. And we all know that as soon as you become a chas kala, the Rebbe says, chick chak, make the wedding as soon as possible. But when it comes to the dating, the Rebbe says, take the time you need. Nobody should rush you before you know for sure this is what you want. And this is what's, you know, and so on. So, so yes, be very careful that you're not saying no because you're worried about how he's feeling or he's ahead, he's way ahead and you're so not there. If you need to still find out if this boy has what you're looking for, you need to go out again and not worry about what he's, where he's at, at least for sure, not at this stage. Thank you, Rachel. So our first question dealt with, you know, going out 
um, you know, two dates and I don't want to mislead. I want to go to a third one. But now let's talk about someone who's gone out for a while. I've been going out with this boy for a while. I tell my parents and my mashpia that he's really a nice guy. He has everything on the list of things I'm looking for. I just don't have feelings for him. They tell me maybe I'm just nervous or scared. And I, I and don't worry, move ahead, it will come. So what do I do? How do I differentiate between, you know, getting cold feet and waiting for feelings to come later? Or the Hamshach HaSalev that the Rebbe talks about as being important? In a way, you gave the whole answer even within the question. There is nothing to talk about. The rabbi clearly says there must be hamshacha salev. It could be from today till tomorrow that it's good on paper. She wants this and this. She wants to go on shlechus and she wants a home that's like this and she wants this. He wants exactly the same things. Looks beautiful on paper. But if there is no hamshacha salev, you cannot move forward. And Sadly to say, I've also experienced where when the mashpia and the mother said, oh, you're just nervous. Don't worry. It's just because you're, you're nervous. All that will be okay. That's not exactly how it turns out. Chas v'shalom. God forbid, it's happened where a shidduch ends up being broken off. And the girl felt something was wrong. Perhaps if she would have been given a little more time and a little more direction and been able to 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 to, you know, like her, what I would call sometimes her, her red flag, something was coming up for her, something was bothering her. If she was able to get, have a little more time to clarify that, we didn't, everyone didn't have to go through all the pain and the hardship and the, you know, and, and, and what it takes when God forbid a shidduch gets broken. Take the time that you need. This is also a time where maybe if you don't see it for yourself, by talking to a coach, remember the coach wants what you want, but she's going to help you figure out and answer your own questions, you know, and she's going to see like, I just had a girl call me and she's saying I went out with him a few times. I don't know if I should go back, continue to go out. I don't really know. I'm I'm like, one minute. Let's talk about this for a minute. What are the reasons that you think, why are you thinking to go out again? And why are you thinking you shouldn't go out again? So this girl was a little, you know, earlier in the stage and she's like, well, I know he's such a good boy and they say this and this about him, whatever. Okay, good. So what's the problem? So then go out again. She goes, oh, but it's going to be so hard. I tried to have some just regular conversation and he was not able to do that. And okay, so what? listen to what you just said. And she said, oh, I guess I have to call the shatran and say it's not for me. It was literally, her body started to shake. She started to be like so upset. So often, uh, young girls, you have the answers inside of you. And by speaking it out with a coach or someone who's there to remember, they're there to get for you what you want, it will become crystal clear. She won't even have to say anything. But by certain questions that she asks you and by you answering them and talking it out loud, you'll get to that understanding. So sometimes, like I say, definitely don't move ahead if you don't have Amshachah Salev. The other thing the Rebbe says, which we all know, is if you come to a place where you're not sure and and you you just can't say, cut it off for a week to 10 days. Do not see each other. Do not, God forbid, text each other. Do not have any communication whatsoever. Cut it off for a week to 10 days. And this is what the Rebbe says. And you will see, it'll be very, very telling. You might all of a sudden 
like only a day and a half passed and you're already like looking at the calendar. I'm, uh, you know, oh, 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 you cut it off on Sunday. Oh, it's only Tuesday. I, I, I. It's going to tell you if you're thinking about this boy and you find yourself, you know, your mind keeps going back to him or four days pass and you say, oh, my God, I know I was so busy, but I realized I, I didn't really even think about him. You'll have your answer at the end of that time. And this is the words of the Rebbe. If you're not sure and you're in that place, is it just because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. Take a break and see if you're going to be missing the boy during that time and if you're going to be thinking about him and you're going to be looking at how many days are still left till this week is over. I had one time a girl that I made her do that. And after three days, she goes, that's it. I can't anymore. Yes, I know. This is for me. This is what I want. So, you know, the Rebbe gives us the best advice. You should all be blessed with that clarity. So someone asks, what is Hamshachas Aleph? Hamshachas Aleph is a drawing of the heart, literally like a, you know, a connection in your soul that you have a feeling for the other person. Um, but question for you, Rachel, if you can, you can elaborate on that translation, but also uh, can you please ask specifically, at what point is she referring to? At what point do we call it off if there's no Hamshacha? For example, the girl with the 99%, she could have said at day three, there's no Hamshacha. So at what point would we say, it must be Hamshacha Saleh? How far can we date and wait for it to come? You know, one of the boys that I was coaching recently, he said, like, when they were starting the dating and they had just gone out a few times, and he said, I'm still in the process of collecting data. The beginning of the dating is you're trying to find out about each other, right? So I, there's no way to say for each person it's different. Just like, like I said, there are stages of dating, and some people will go through one stage with one or two dates and the other one will need three or four dates for that same stage. So why? Every person is different. So what we usually, a, a good sort of measuring stick to use is, if when you are dating, it bumps up even the slightest bit, even the slightest bit, then you continue to date. If you feel like it's been like this, it didn't go up, it didn't go down and you've gone a few times you know wait a minute what's going on here and it's funny because i'll tell when i speak to parents i'm going to admit this in, in public i often say to a parent get out of the way of your child listen to your child and understand what they want and what they need at the same time i always tell the young girls and boys that a parent's hergish you shouldn't mess with like a parent knows and could feel. And if she sees you're dating and it's just not going anywhere and it's just like continuing to just be in exactly the same spot and your parent comes to you and says, what's going on here? Like, let's see what's going on. Listen to her. She's going to, you know, she's there to help you and to guide you, of course. And the hair that she's feeling, this is going nowhere unless you're able to say no. But this time I did. It was a little bit better, but I'm still not there yet. Every person has to go according to his way, his, his thing. He's going to feel, and to elaborate for a minute on what it means, it's extremely hard to explain that, but you're 100% need to have a feeling, a feeling that, like sometimes I would say, if you know that you're going to be going on another date tonight, or you know that he's going to be coming over, you know, whatever, and, and your heart skips a beat, or you get excited or you're nervous, that's called Hamshach HaSalev. You know, years ago, I think it was more like after even the first date, it would be fireworks flying through the sky and like, wow. And then it was like, if a girl didn't see fireworks right away, she'd 
you are you what's wrong with me i did it didn't happen that way today somehow i find that a lot more it's you're going in first with your mayach we're going in with our minds we're gathering data we're finding out about each other and then of course we're opening up our heart that has to go continue on to our leave and if we don't feel something a different a skip of a heartbeat or an excitement or a something and again of course we can call it you can call it love maybe not a word you're not allowed to use um but we can we can try and we could say that it's and whatever it is that feeling as you go into the relationship more and more in your married life it's going to grow and grow and grow. You know how sometimes I remember when the years that I was in Shlichus and people would say to me if I was having another child, oh my goodness, um, how, how do you have enough love to give to yet another child? And I always said, love isn't the problem, love multiplies. Time is your problem. You have to figure out how to give time to everybody, but not love. So if there's something there, even the smallest spark, something you feel that you want to see him or you you know or when you didn't you're looking forward to the next time that's a certain way that we could perhaps translate what hamshakha salev means thank you so much rachel i would wish we could bring the whole night but we do want to keep it to an hour so i want everyone to know that if there is um if there's a question here that you feel like i didn't we did not answer tonight please know we will be saving the questions and we will Oh gosh, hello. Okay, start over again. <laughs> okay, not sure what point I got me. Someone muted me. Um, okay, um, I, I wanted to say that um, if there's a question here that was not addressed, please um, note we will keep them and we will incorporate them into the future sessions. Next week we will um, we will continue with the shadchan. Okay, now I see why I got muted. Okay, we're going to address a few more questions, Rachel. Do you mind if we hang on for a few more minutes? I'm good. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Um, what if I'm scared of getting emotionally attached? Because what if he says no? What if the girl is scared to get emotionally I'm attached? I'm scared okay. to get emotionally vulnerable because I'm holding it in me. What if he says no? Okay. Unfortunately... There's no magic passion. You have to become vulnerable in order to go to the next level. Okay, because if not, it means you're keeping a block, you're holding up a wall, and you're not allowing yourself to move forward. Again, you're the one on the dating scene. By the time after you realize and you figured out, is this guy for me? You're not, a, you didn't worry about what he's feeling or thinking. Now you're at the stage where you're becoming a little more, you know, he's starting to share certain things and you're sharing and you're feeling a little more comfortable and you're actually really getting to like him. Let it be. You have to become vulnerable. You hope and pray that it's going to be good on both sides. He could end up being, you could decide that something's going to come up. And if you discuss it with everyone that you want to discuss it with, he's not for you, even though you really thought you went a lot and it leaned so beautiful. But suddenly something comes up and it's with a good reason after you've shared it with your coach or with your mashpia or whoever, that it is a good reason. You know, always imagine maybe if the shoe was on the other foot. But in the end of the day, there's no way to go through this process by completely protecting yourself. 
there's just no way. If such a thing happens, and you, you know, of course, that's why you tread slowly, you move slowly, you don't move 100 miles an hour, you go step by step, and you're going to feel and you're going to know, because it's going to be each of you interacting. And if it comes to that point, you're just going to know deep in your heart, like I said before, you're going to say thank you, Hashem, because obviously something's not right here. So I'm so happy that you made it come up now. Right now I'm feeling pain because I really thought this is the guy. I really liked him. I really see potential for a life together. But I'm going to believe that Hashem made this happen and that Hashem, very soon I'll understand why because the person who really truly is for me will present himself. Okay, um, thank you. Now, what is the appropriate thing to do if you bump into someone that you dated? I guess then it's over, right? Do you just say hi or have a little conversation or should you just move on and ignore him? I'm not sure how different people might answer this differently. I think if you, if you, you know, you did date him for a while and you passed each other, I don't see anything wrong, anything wrong with just being menschlich and saying hi. And what, what, uh, what good would come from having a, a whole conversation? I don't see that either. So I would say to say a casual hi, because you're a normal human being and he's a normal human being and you did spend certain amount of time together. It didn't work out. You each went your way. You just say hi and you go on, you know, to casually come and start up a whole conversation. So the fine I mean, line of saying hello, like you would say hello to any stranger who says hello to you versus uh, engaging. Engaging could end up tricky, you know, especially if one really had wanted and the other one didn't. So it just could be putting yourself back in a place that why do you need to go there for? You know, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to go away and feel hurt again all over again when you've just finished working it out for yourself or anything like that. I don't know. I would have to know more about the situation to answer that person specifically. I don't think I can give a general rule on this at all. It all depends. How did they end their date? What is it? You know what I mean? There's so many questions that I would need to know to give a to really give the right answer. I can't give a one one. It's not a one answer fits all. That's for sure. Right. Okay. Can I date someone who's less considered than me? Right now, I don't think I would mind it, but maybe it's going to bother me in the future. Okay. I like how this question is 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 posed. So, in in seeds of wisdom, there's a woman asks the rebbe the following question. The woman says that she's dating this person and she's asking the rabbi, she wants to know, is there, like, can this, does the rabbi feel that this has potential to be a good shidduch? She says, what he wants in life is very different than what I want in life. His goals in life and what he wants are different than my goals in life. Is there any chance of this actually working out or do we have to have exactly the same goals? I don't know if this level, what you said, fits in exactly, but I'm going to try to make it fit. The Rebbe's answer to her is the following. If you could completely respect what his goals are and want to help him reach his goals, and if he completely respects your goals and wants you to reach your goals, then yes, it is viable and it could end up with a shidduch. So if the boy is less Hasidish than I am, would it make sense for me to go out with him? Of course, it depends on a lot of other things. Number one, we know the girl, you, the rabbi always puts us on a pedestal. You are the Akeres Habayis, okay? And you are the one that's going to set the tone in the home. 
So if he comes along with a lot of other really good things and he respects, that's the most important key word here, your level of Hasidishkeit that you're at and he doesn't make fun of it, then perhaps it could work. Okay, if he's making fun of it and looking down at it, no way, it's never going to work because he doesn't have the proper respect for you. There was something else in my mind that I wanted to add. Um, oh, if you look at it down the line, often I will ask a young girl, a young woman. Okay, so today, for example, oh, this happened with not the Hasidic guy, but it happened with a thing like she was more um, strong-minded and she was making certain decisions and he, or it could very well fit to this. You know, he's, he's less Hasidic than I would like or than me. Could it work out? Yes, you know what? You need to ask yourself this following question. In five months down the road, in a year down the road, think of what you would like your life to look like, okay? If you think, will it bother you then? Then do not go ahead with it now. You have to be able to tell yourself the answer. It will not bother me then. If you're able to say that, then go ahead with it. But if, you're, if questions are coming up for you, whether you'll be okay with that, then that was what I would call a really a red flag. And it would be very important to share that and discuss it because the exact level where he's at and that you're at, you know, perhaps that's the thing to discuss with your mashpia or your coach so you could get more clarity on it. Thank you, Rachel. This has all been so insightful. There's so many girls and so many questions. I'm going to ask one final question and then we will save the rest for as we continue to have, you know, this entire series, we'll be focusing on navigating the journey of dating and preparing for married life. We'll come at it from many different angles and we will have the opportunity to hear from many people and get all these questions answered. But our final question for today, based on a lot of what you said, Rachel, we're going to pose this question to you. Um, a few months ago, I said no to a guy because our mother had asked me if I liked him and I said, well, he's a nice guy, but nothing major, so no. I was ready five times, dates in, but now I keep on seeing him around the neighborhood and I keep on thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't have said no. Like I said no, but now I'm thinking, well, maybe I do have to maybe Maybe I want to revisit this. What should I do? Is it appropriate to revisit something several months later? My opinion, absolutely. No problem with that. Absolutely reach out. Sometimes even names for Shaduchim came up that we say no to, and it's a year or so later, and we'll say, why don't you go back to the list of some of those guys? Are they still available? Maybe take a second look at it. You're in a different place. He's in a different place. Maybe the reasons you said no the first time are irrelevant right now. So if you went out with a boy and he's still available and you're thinking, I might have said no too quickly, swallow your pride and let someone reach out and definitely, I would say, go for it, definitely. So I guess the, now the person says, but he also said no. So I guess the question here, Ruffle, is when is it okay to pursue it? Or when is it, he said no and I need to move on? If he's still available, it's okay to pursue it. Okay, if he's still around and you're still around, maybe this is the way the Abishta wanted it. Why it had to go this way, we don't understand very clearly. But that when it, so shall it be, you know? And just move, move ahead and pick it up from where it was left off. Yes, I could give you examples of many of these. And Bar Hashem, they're very happily married now. It was a different time. It was a different place, even just a few months. You've grown and learned. You know, things change every minute of our lives. Things are changing and pl please God for the good. So you have even grown from the experience and you stepped away from it. And now you're feeling it? Go for it, girl. 
Great. Okay, so I give a, a bracha to everyone here. Everyone should find their brashard in the right time with the right person, with clarity, with confidence. And Rachel, if there's any closing comments you'd like to say before we close, yes? Yes, I would like to just share one minute. Can I just share one thing to close? Okay. So I want to just share with you something that I actually heard from somebody else on the podcast that I was listening to. And the rabbi said the following, the word ahava, the showish of the word ahava is the Aramaic word have, which means to give. Marriage is about give and give. I know many of us grew up with the thought it's give and take, give and take. I know my mom always would say to us is like, it's not 50-50, but some days it, together it equals to 100. Some days the boy may have to give 80% because the wife isn't feeling well for whatever reason, or sometimes the husband is traveling, so the wife has to be 100% the, together you think. But this guy brought a different point of I think is so beautiful and so powerful. The word, like we said, is give. And marriage is not about give and take. It's actually about give and give, okay? And so the more you give and you give automatically, ultimately you are going to receive. And the last, last thing that I want to say is, or the, to add to that is the word nasan, nun, saf, nun. If you read it from right to left or you read it from left to right, it spells exactly the same. The letters, the nun, the saf, the nun are still going to be exactly in their same spot. Because when you give and you give, automatically you receive. So it's a life is about giving and giving. And I do wish you all um, the brachas that you should be able to easily and smoothly, your dating should go really smooth and you should be able to find the one that's right for you. The Rebbe says there's no such a thing, someone is, who's perfect, but there is someone perfect for you. And make sure, make sure that the foundation of your relationship and your marriage is based on complete respect one for each other and complete trust. Because you know when it says that a man should love his wife as much as he loves himself and he should respect her even more than he respects himself. There's a reason why we it's brought down that way. But we'll leave it for the next for the next person to share that more. Thank you so, so much, Rachel, for all of that. So um, technically, I just want to let everybody know mikvah.org forward slash young dash woman, as I put in the chat is where you can check every single week. The latest episode will be up there as well, as well as the links to Google, Spotify, and Apple. If you'd like to dedicate a specific episode in honor of someone or as a for someone's birthday, please reach out. Um, you can either reach out to podcast.mikfo.org for the details, or you can go ahead to mikfo.org forward slash donate, choose events, and in the comments, you can write attention, Kasi, or attention, young woman's podcast, and give us, you know, the Hafdasha, the birthday, the person you're doing this in honor of. Thank you so much for helping us um, make this podcast grow and really reach the needs of all of you. Um, thank you, Rachel, for being here today. And thank you, Yehudis, for making this whole project happen. Again, the, uh, we, will, we will have a question form under the podcast link, and you are welcome to enter your questions there for us to continue to incorporate them in these sessions. Thank, thank you, so you so much for having me thank on. You. Sorry. Thank you, and Marcy. anyone, if I could be of any help to any of you wonderful girls, many of you maybe have already um, had something going with me. I'm always here for you. Hineni, I'm ready to serve you with love. No, so just no, reach no, out. Since in your um, 
the, the name of your website if someone wanted to reach out to yeah you. so the name of my of my coaching business is called autumn coaching and you can my website is autumncoaching.net or you could just um whatsapp me that you'd like to talk and i'm always make try to make myself available for you 323-620-3618 i have that number and another number on my website and um, i know a lot of you know how to reach me if you want to i'm here for you whatever i can do to help make this journey smoother and more pleasant and you know what it can be that with the right direction. Thank you so much. Both really, thank you so, so much. It was amazing and insightful. And really, I, I know that everyone gained so much from it. Thank you. Okay, take care and have a great day, everybody. Oh, I see. Okay, people, people ask me to repeat the number. So Rachel, you might just go ahead and repeat the number really slowly while I type it. Three, two, three, mm -hmm. six, two, zero. Mm -hmm. Two times high, one times high. 3618. 3618. So that's 323 620 3618. You can also go on our website, autumncoaching.net. Right? Yes. Okay. And uh, look for that org forward slash young woman. The podcast link will be up by tomorrow. Have a great night. Thank you again. <laughs>